morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Today is Friday, May 7th, and you are listening to Rocket City Lift. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Rocket City Lift. I'm Tara Bolger. And I'm Brett Goodman. We come to you three times a week and try to bring a bit of a spiritual lift to your day. Happy Friday. We're going to look again at the Acts text today. (laughs) But before we begin, let's have a moment for prayer. Let us pray. Lord Jesus Christ, create a new heart Mm. in us this morning. Give us a right relationship with you. Help us to love mercy to pursue justice, and God, help us to be humble in all our relationships, thoughts, and opinions. We pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. Listen to the 15th chapter of Acts, the first 18 verses. Certain individuals came down from Judea and were teaching the brothers, unless you are circumcised according to the custom of Moses, you cannot be saved. And after Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension and debate with them, Paul and Barnabas and some of the others were appointed to go up to Jerusalem to discuss this question with the apostles and the elders. So they were sent on their way by the church, and as they passed through both Phoenicia and Samaria, they reported the conversion of the Gentiles and brought great joy to all believers. When they came to Jerusalem, they were welcomed by the church and the apostles and the elders, and they reported all that God had done with them. But some believers who belonged to the sect of the Pharisees stood up and said, It is necessary for them to be circumcised and ordered to keep the law of Moses. The apostles and the elders met together to consider this matter. After there had been much debate, Peter stood up and said to them, My brothers, You know that in the early days God made a choice among you, that I should be the one through whom the Gentiles would hear the message of the good news and become believers. And God, who knows the human heart, testified to them by giving them the Holy Spirit, just as he did to us. And in cleansing their hearts by faith, he has made no distinction between them and us. Now, therefore, why are you putting God to the test by placing on the neck of the disciples a yoke that neither our ancestors nor we have been able to bear? On the contrary, we believe that we will be saved through the grace of the Lord Jesus, just as they will. The whole assembly kept silence and listened to Barnabas and Paul as they told of all the signs and wonders that God had done through them among the Gentiles. After they finished speaking, James replied, My brothers, listen to me. Simeon has related how God first looked favorably on the Gentiles to take from among them a people for his name. This agrees with the words of the prophets, as it is written. After this, I will return, and I will rebuild the dwelling of David which has fallen. From its ruins, I will rebuild it. And I will set it up so that all other peoples may seek the Lord, even all the Gentiles over whom my name has been called. Thus says the Lord, who has been making these things known from long ago. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be be to to God. God. 
Terra for our Friday fun question. What is a strange combination of food that you enjoy eating? I couldn't think of one, but I have very strong opinions about what shouldn't be eaten together. <laughs> okay. And that is any fruit sandwich. Pineapple sandwich, banana sandwich, those disgust me. I think fruit, mayonnaise, and bread should never, ever, ever be combined. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> you know, I don't think I... Mayonnaise and fruit? Yes. I, I think it may be a southern thing. I don't know, but my husband likes pineapple, mayonnaise, and bread oh on a sandwich. Oh, my gosh. Oh. That is... I just threw up in my mouth a little bit. Although, my, my mother did make peanut butter and strawberry sandwiches. What? It's jelly. It's essentially a, fr- a fresher jelly. Mm. It's like it's like a jelly without the sugar. Hard disagree. <laughs> now, what's your answer on your weirdest? Um, this is actually a recent one for me, but Ellen, who who works in our front office, uh, told me she said, "Brett, there is a food truck downtown that is a fusion hot dog and sushi." place and i said that sounds incredible i need to go there oh my gosh and i did and it was incredible that (laughs) sounds disgusting it was like a hot dog with like eel sauce on it (laughs) we have to stop we have to stop oh fantastic absolutely fantastic if you're in Huntsville, check it out. I don't remember what it's called. <laughs> Weird food <laughs> it truck. It was kind of like a one-time thing. <laughs> so to our scripture, this passage we read it's is about kind of putting up barriers and joining the church. Do we still do that today? And, and what are some examples you can think of? So, yes, and I think that it is a result of kind of human sinfulness and tribalism. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, I think, yeah, I think we put up barriers. In the past month, I have had someone ask me, if I visit your church, what should I wear? Right? They feel like they might Mm -hmm. not be welcomed if they aren't wearing the right thing. My answer was, pajamas are fine with me. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I think we do. I think that... We expect people to look and sound a certain way. Um, And when they don't, they can maybe sense that there's some disapproval there. I don't know. What do you think? I think there's barriers we put up. uh, And also there's possibly barriers that other people have experienced, Mm -hmm. whether it be you know, true or not. That's another aspect of it. Yes. Of, of, you know, they can be perceived. They can be perceived as well. Um, and so that is not quite, I was going to say is, is, is worse or scary, but I don't think that's true. The worse or scary is when we're actually putting up barriers. Yeah. But the perceived ones, um, sometimes you have to uh, go even further out of your way to help someone settle into that um, because yeah. um, of past trauma, because of expectations of, of how they have viewed church in the past. Um, and so um, I've, I've mentioned it before, uh, you know, our church is, in my opinion, gorgeous, beautiful. Uh, the two front doors are 
ornate and massive and beautiful and i love them and they're freaking terrifying to walk through <laughs> <laughs> like that, they're heavy they're, i'll tell you that yeah physically uh-huh. um, but but also i mean that can be a barrier for someone to walk through those front doors when when they're closed because it's hot and we're trying to keep the precious cool air in in the <laughs> sanctuary uh um, so yeah i think the church has barriers both known and unknown, both perceived and, and both realized. Yeah, so Malcolm Gladwell talks about, in one of his many books, I can't remember, about how, you know, organizations are interesting. Take the church, for example. We want to have no barrier so people can join. But we also want joining to mean something, yeah. which means there has to be a standard. Hmm. And for me, the way I negotiate that is anyone is welcome if they can profess their faith in Jesus Christ. And so for me, that's the, that's, you know, the, the standard. Um, but it also is a low enough barrier that you would get all kinds of people coming into the church. Mm-hmm. Um, don't know if that's right or wrong. That's just where I am right now. Well, and, 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 and we also, you know, break it down further of a perceived barrier someone may have to that is like, what if I have doubts? Yes. And, I, and I know you would say totally. that's part of pro- pro- yeah. professing faith. But for some who are like, in my growing up, professing faith was mean you undoubtedly knew, believed you every believed bit of it. Every bit of it. Uh, but again, and I know from, I know you personally, yeah. and I know that you would say that, no, that those doubts and that struggling and that wrestling, that is part of the profession of faith. And can you say the words wanting them to be true and trusting that they have been true for others in the church for centuries mm-hmm. and take comfort in that? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I also think that even if someone cannot profess faith, they should still be welcomed. Yeah. They may not be a church mm. member, but you mm. bet they should be welcomed. Yeah, absolutely. That's a that's a great point um and, and distinction between the two. I think I think churches have to start trusting God a little more that he does know the human heart hmm. and that he still calls people and to leave that firmly on in you know, in the column of like things God is responsible for. Absolutely, because I feel sometimes we try to um, we try to just create. You know, we we, we talked. You talked about tribalism at the beginning, and I think that's certainly a, a, a bit of what's happening with the circumcision question of the, of this is our tribe. Um, so and trying to break down barriers and, and everyone's through. Uh, you know, it doesn't matter what tribe you're from. But come be part of our tribe, yeah, <laughs> and so we yeah. just create our own, yeah. um, and and that becomes problematic, as this scripture says. <laughs> yeah, I do think it might be useful if you are a part of a church community to sit in the middle of that community and look around and ask yourself, who troubles me here, hmm. and who at whatever that answer is, guess what? That's who you get to pray for. Hmm. So. We'll end with a quote by the evangelist and minister A.W. Tozer. One hundred religious persons knit into a unity by careful organization do not constitute a church any more than 11 dead men make a football team. (laughs) The first requisite is life always. And I would add to that, that that life is Jesus Christ. Mm. Amen to that. Thank you all for being with us. We hope you have a wonderful and safe weekend. We'll be back on Monday. Now may each of you go out to love and to serve, to be well, 
to care for yourselves and others, knowing that the grace and love of God is ever upon you. Amen. Amen.